It's Monday, 10th of November, 2014. This is HPR episode 1636, entitled, How I Make Coffee. It is hosted by Dave Morris, and is about 16 minutes long. Feedback can be sent to dave.morris at gmail.com, or by leaving a comment on this episode. The summary is, I'm a great lover of coffee. This is how I make mine. This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Public Radio. This is Dave Morris. Today I want to talk to you about coffee. I reckon coffee is a subject of interest to hackers because I think probably most hackers that I know drink quite a lot of it. Um, I'm also following in the footsteps of uh, such worthy individuals as Klaatu, who's always um, talked about coffee in his uh, GNU World Order podcast, and uh, X1101, who has done an, an HPR episode on how he makes coffee. So this one is my contribution to the how I make coffee theme. So let's talk about my history in terms of coffee briefly. I'm a coffee lover, obviously. I've tried many ways of making coffee. Um, I remember when I was a child, my parents made theirs in a percolator on the stovetop, a thing that uh, boiled and made coffee, made water bubble up through coffee. It always smelled really good, but obviously at the the age I remember this, maybe five or six or something, it wasn't a very pleasant result. Never used a percolator myself, but uh, I've owned a number of filter machines over the years, the ones where you put coffee into a paper funnel and uh, pour hot water over it. Uh, They seem to do a pretty reasonable job. One time I I owned a strange device called a Kona coffee maker, which was very fancy and quite expensive, I seem to recall. It's um, an all-glass thing. You can see details of it if you're interested in the link in my show notes. Um, It uh, was a bit too fragile for me, um, since it was all glass and being a bit clumsy, I think I must have banged it with something when I was washing it up and it, it smashed. I don't remember make it making particularly good coffee, um, but it would also make tea, which was uh, an unusual thing. Back in the day, uh, I used to visit Indonesia quite a lot, um, and that's a pretty important producer of coffee in the world. Um, and there, there's lots of good coffee available there. But if you ever ask for coffee in a in a in some of the sort of lower end eating places, which are vast numbers, um, you end up with a, a, a usually strangely enough a, a glass tankard into which they put uh, maybe a, a large tablespoonful of ground coffee and usually lots of sugar because everything has sugar in it in, in, in Indonesia and then they chuck boiling water in that and stir it up and that's your coffee and that 
I never, never got on with that particularly well since you ended up, uh, at least I did, end up straining the, the ground through my teeth as I was drinking it. I never knew when to stop. So I wouldn't recommend that. Then there was a fashion for the cafetiere or French press. Um, and I've had a few of those over the years. And pretty much, yeah, all of them up until recently have been glass. So um, that's... The thing about the glass thing is that it suffers from my clumsiness when I'm washing up. And uh, there's also the issue where pushing down the plunger, so in some of them, is re- they're really, really stiff to push down. And uh, I think that means that the pressure inside the glass is getting pretty high because you're, you're relying on the pressure to push the, the, the coffee, separate the, the grounds from the coffee. And I just seem to break them with monotonous regularity. So... That's not a bad way of making coffee. I still do use it and have a an all-metal cafetiere. But um, I have an alternative, uh, which I much prefer nowadays, which is using the mocha pot. So um, I bought one of these a few years ago. Never, I'd never actually heard of these before. My son, who's also a keen coffee drinker, had um, bought one himself and recommended that I should get one. So I did. In fact, I got two. Uh, one's a, a three-cup uh that's three 50 milliliter espresso cups so it's not a huge lot of coffee um i also bought a nine cup which is much bigger um it's probably enough for well obviously for nine people if you just drink little espresso cups but maybe two or three people if you have a more robust cup of coffee so the the pot consists of three main elements there's a base into which you put cold water, a funnel that holds the ground coffee, and um, there's a top piece which, uh, into which the coffee moves is, as, the, as the water boils. There's a, a gasket and a metal filter on the underside of the top part to, to keep the grounds out of the, the coffee. This device, the most common version of this, is called a, comes from a company called Bialetti, and it's called the Bialetti Mocha Express. I've got uh, pictures in the show notes of um, this particular device. So what I'm doing is uh, there's quite a lot of show notes, well, pictures anyway, not a lot of text, uh, showing you the stages of making coffee in one of these, at least the way I do it. And uh, what I'm going to do is to actually make some coffee and try and get an an ambient recording using the um, Sansa clip. I'm not sure how well this is going to go. Um, and uh, you'll be able to hear the process and look at the pictures if you, if you really want to. So um, the the show notes contain several links to the the, um, the various Wikipedia entries about this particular device and also to the, the website for the manufacturer. It's not, a, not me um, trying to sell you anything, just for your interest. So... Over to the ambient recording. Okay, I'm going to try and see whether I can record the process of making coffee in the Bialetti Mocha Express. Excuse my floorboards, they're a bit creaky. Right, taking the base and adding water to it. There's a, a ring just close to the top which sit or in which sits the um, emergency escape valve whatever you call it so it should just be below that you hear stories of these things blowing up I'm not sure that that's true they must have been really daft whoever 
cause them to explode. So here's the funnel, it's now going into the top. Now, my coffee's kept in a vacuum jar, so listen to this. That's the vacuum being released. And in goes one little scoop. And another one. So that's pretty much enough, I think. The the surface of the coffee in the funnel is level with the top. Now I'm being very careful in removing any coffee on the the actual um, screw threads because I found that if you leave anything there, the gasket doesn't seal properly, and then you you get hot water and coffee and stuff going all over the place. So here I am screwing the top on, making sure it's nice and tight. I can feel it tightening against the gasket, the rubber gasket. There's my metal trivet going on the gas ring. Positioning the pot carefully so you don't get gas flame going up the side and potentially melting the handle. Been there, done that, they say. That's the gas going on. Turn the heat reasonably low so we're not getting a lot of flame outside the, the base and just wait for the water to heat up meanwhile I'm going to put the lid back on the coffee vacuum thing and it's got a little pump that you pump the air out of pumped and reserving coffee for the next time. Now the way I make my coffee is uh, in a very big cup which says I love tea on it um, because they seem to run at the I love coffee ones when I bought it and um, I'm not sure what capacity it is but uh, I find that the amount of coffee I make covers about, fills it to about a third so I then add maybe another third of milk and top it up with boiling water so I'm going to put the kettle on while I'm doing this Why is it that kettles make such spectacular noise? This kettle was fairly silent when I bought it, but not anymore. It's already fairly hot, so it won't take long. So here you can hear the start of the the bubbly phase of the coffee. 
I hope anyway I just lifted the lid to look inside and uh, it's nearly full and they say you shouldn't let it do this bubbling for very long so I'm now turning the heat off and it's not going to stop because there's steam in the bottom but you want to minimize the amount of time that steam comes through the coffee because it's it's heating it and it'll be superheating it above boiling point so it's not ideal um, overheating coffee causes changes in the fatty elements or something of that that sort and uh, tends to make it taste rather unpleasant so you can hear the the bubbling subsiding so it's actually ready to uh, to pour now it's fairly quick never quick when you're waiting of course but here we go into the cup not a lot three espresso cups is a small amount bung some milk in of a similar amount that's that right a nice nice brown color not i like milk in my coffee you might not of course let's get that kettle really hot again to top it up. So I suppose this is a bit like uh, an Americano, which I was surprised to find people in America drink as well. Seems a bit odd, but there you go. So that was a piece of ambient recording of coffee being made in the jolly old Bialetti Mocha Express. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.